see what this ah, is. Keep away! The sour is mine! Fuck me! Fuck me! Fuck me! Don't expect this to be in any way pleasant, especially if you like The Exorcist. I find it an odious experience, the darkest, the nastiest, the most malicious two hours in a decade of Hollywood films that broke new ground in exploring disturbing subject matter. The 1970s saw A Clockwork Orange examining gang violence, Deliverance depicting male rape, the plot of Chinatown centering around incest, and in Taxi Driver you had Travis Bickle, who, experiencing acute schizotypal personality disorder, was obsessing over a child prostitute. Yet for all the maturity with which those films treated their serious subjects, The Exorcist skirted irresponsibly about its own. Its director, William Friedkin, says his film encourages people to believe in God, that its plot is an arena of religious debate hosting, as he claims, the eternal struggle between good and evil. No, if the film is about anything, it is the shocking, disturbing, frightening and unbridled hostility that is unleashed upon a young girl. The film is adapted from a novel written by William Peter Blatty, inspired, if that's the right word, by a case of alleged demonic possession and subsequent exorcism that, it is claimed, was carried out in 1949 on an unnamed boy in the state of Maryland. The boy had an aunt who was a spiritualist, and she had introduced him to a Ouija board. The boy became fascinated by the game, but when he turned 13, his aunt died. The boy became convinced that he could make contact with her via the Ouija board, but failing to do so, he began to behave very aggressively and, convinced that evil forces were at work, his parents called in a priest. Several priests, actually. The boy was taken from his home and placed in the care of a Reverend Luther Miles Schultz. One night, while in Schultz's home, the Reverend claimed that several strange events occurred, including the mysterious and subtle removal of the blankets from the boy's bed. The Reverend said that the boy then attacked him. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You'd like that? Intensely. But wouldn't that drive you out of Reagan? It would bring us together. You and Reagan? You and us. Did you do that? Learning of the case, Blatty refashioned the plot to involve instead a young girl. Blatty's novel was published in 1971, and although it became a bestseller, and the subsequent film is considered by many people to be among the best, or at least the scariest ever made, the truth is, in the decades since the alleged exorcism, the case has been increasingly discredited, with several plausible psychiatric explanations accounting for the events. They indicate the boy suffered anything from obsessive-compulsive disorder, and Dissociative Identity Disorder to Tourette Syndrome, Schizophrenia and Sexual Abuse. I'm speaking to the person inside of Reagan now. If you are there, you too are hypnotized. and must answer all my questions. 
Come forward. And answer me now. I'm not alone in this position, but I do feel it is important to state that while the film is a superb technical exercise in terror, the victim of that terror is the focus of a very disturbed set of middle-aged men. The Exorcist centres around a 12-year-old girl, Regan McNeil, who, after having played with a Ouija board, begins acting strangely. At a party hosted by her mother, Regan comes downstairs and, while appearing to be in a trance, proceeds to urinate on the carpet in front of the guests. After that, Regan's bed starts to shake. She uses obscene language and after she attacks her mother, a priest is called in to investigate possible demonic possession. During the exorcism, Regan repeatedly vomits on the priests and in turn, her body suffers all manner of lesions and lacerations. Now, if you adhere to religious dogma, you may buy into the notion that Beelzebub himself has emerged from hell to take hold of the girl. I'm telling you that that thing upstairs isn't my daughter. Now, I want you to tell me that you know for a fact that there's nothing wrong with my daughter except in her mind. You tell me you know for a fact that an exorcism wouldn't do any good. You tell me that! But if you are free of institutionalised thinking, you will know that this film is nothing more than age-old, and by that I mean pre-biblical misogyny. Let's look at it again. A young girl experiencing the onset of puberty pees on the carpet and vomits in the face of adult males, and then, in the most shocking scene of all, she grabs a crucifix and repeatedly stabs herself in the vagina. In other words, the girl's body, every fluid that may be in it or pass from any and every of its orifices, is presented as something odious and repellent. She urinates, she vomits, and her body gives off the foulest stench. More than that, she suffers all manner of physical abuse. Tied up to her bed, thrashed about on her bed, her body is mangled into the most excruciating positions. At one point, her head turns around 180 degrees and the film's sound design relishes in the crunching of the bones in her neck. And as if that were not twisted enough, the scene where she stabs herself in the vagina with the crucifix, both William Peter Blatty and William Friedkin refer to this scene as the masturbation scene. How unbalanced a view do you have to have to think that such extreme self-harming is masturbation? If anything, it is closer to the female circumcision commonly applied in the Islamic world. And a more accurate phrase for that practice is female genital mutilation. Could the whole plot be not concerned with demonic possession at all, but the anxiety felt by some men about teenage girls becoming women? Do not some men wish that all girls remain girls, that they do not grow up and become women? Not that Regan's mother escapes mistreatment either. The women suffer horrendously in this film. But it gets worse, because in the end, despite all her torments, Regan remembers nothing. How convenient. The victim does not seek justice because she doesn't know she has been abused. And what of her abuser? Well, he disappeared, vanished into thin air. When was the last time you saw a movie about a pubescent boy who was possessed, where he pees on the carpet, sticks his tongue out lasciviously at nuns, mutilates his penis and the filmmakers say he is masturbating? 
No, when boys are possessed in horror films, what they do is go after power. And it is power over other men, and they exercise that power by killing them. Isn't it more than a little bit strange that of all the things the demon in The Exorcist decides to do is attack a young girl and do so sexually? Why didn't the demon do what we're told the devil really wants to do? Unleash war, famine, plague and pestilence and take over the world. Look, misogyny is the culturally codified hatred of women. It is age-old and has poured its sickness into millions of minds and into many an institution. One such institution is organised religion, and the exorcist disguises its hatred by cloaking its plot in Catholic vestments. But you know, considering the number of paedophiles who have been hiding out within the church all these years, maybe the exorcisms have been practised on the wrong people. (laughs) 